Um, we've talked about over the last few weeks, um, the first week we talked about the fact that we were created to work, that work was a part of the original design of creation. When God created man and woman, God put them in the garden and said, work on this garden, help tend the creation, help create, help be a part of what I'm doing in the world. And so we were created to work. I think it's awesome when you look at the kids, and, and if you have kids, you've probably experienced this, or if you've been around kids very much, you've probably experienced this, but, but it's awesome to see like the personalities and the gifts and the skills that kids represent. I have four boys, and, and every one of them is different in their personality and their giftedness and, and what God has equipped them to do for work. And so it's kind of fun to look at him and, and think, what's he going to be when he grows up? What's he going to be when he grows up? The truth is that all of us were created to work. We were created to be a part of God's creation, God's work in this world. And each one of us has been given specific gifts and abilities to do that. You could even hear it just from hearing what they have to say. You can... Every one of us is unique, but God has given every one of us something that we can use to work and create and be a part of what God is doing in the world around us. The second thing we talked about last week was that our work is for God, that we should give everything we have, we should work with all our heart, with everything we have for God, that no matter what it is you do, no matter what it is, you heard a variety of things here, no matter what it is, your work is worship to God, and we are called to work with all of our heart, to serve God. And, and I think the exact text said, serve God, not human masters. We're going to read it in just a second. We were created to work. Our work should serve God. And so last week, we were in Colossians chapter 3. And in Colossians 3, uh, we looked at this last week, and we looked at some key words. So we're going to read it together again real quick. Or I'll read it to you. Wives, submit to yourselves to your husbands as is fitting to the Lord. Remember that, as is fitting to the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Remember that. Fathers, do not embitter your children or they will become discouraged. Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything and do it not only when their eye is on you and to curry their favor, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. Remember that. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as, if, as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. Anyone who does wrong will be repaid for their wrongs, and there is no favoritism. So that was our scripture last week, and you, you saw four different things there. You saw, it say, um, you saw it say, wives, submit to your husbands, as is fitting to the Lord. In other words, the reason you submit is because it's what God wants. It, it pleases God. You see it say, children, obey your parents and everything, for this pleases the Lord, the motivation to work hard, the motivation to love others comes from our love for God, to please the Lord. You, you see, slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord. 
Did you get it last week? If you didn't, I'm going to nail it back in today. We work for the Lord. The motivation for all of our service, no matter what it is we're doing, whether it's the way we treat others, the way, whether it's the way we treat our families, whether it's the way we work a job, the motivation is to please and serve the Lord. And so we are created to work. And our work is supposed to be worship. It's supposed to be pleasing to God. The good news from the text last week was this. If you will worship God with all your heart or your work, you will receive an inheritance that you could never earn on your own. We talked about this last week. Sometimes in the workforce, sometimes in our lives, things aren't fair. You can work hard, you can do everything right, and you can get passed up for a promotion. You can, you can treat others right, you can do things right, and you can end up getting a bad deal. But what we talked about last week, the good news is if you will serve God, if you will work with all your heart, there is no, there is no being gypped. You will get an inheritance that you could never earn on your own. I, I sure hope we have a billionaire. That's great. More than that, I hope that every one of our kids receives the inheritance of a God and a kingdom of God that they're loved and that they're accepted and that they're enough. If we work with all our heart, we will experience a reward that's greater than anything you can ever earn. No matter how hard you work, no matter where you work, no matter how good you are at your work, God's reward is best. But there's one more thing I want to look at. And we're actually going to look at that text again here in a second um, because it says something else. Other than just we're created to work and we're created to worship God, there's another piece of this that I want us to see. So let's, let's look at it again, and, and I've got some things underlined here. It says, wives, submit yourselves to your husbands. So it's not underlined on there. Okay, that's underlined in my notes, okay? Wives, submit yourselves to your husbands. Last week, we emphasized, as is fitting to the Lord. The second part, husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. That's underlined. Why? Because we love God. Children, obey your parents in everything. So we have, we have wives, submit to your husbands. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not embitter your children or they will become discouraged. The, the big part we talked about last week, slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything and do it not only when their eye is on you and to curry their favor, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. So I'm going to stop there. Last week, we emphasized the words, as is fitting to the Lord. We emphasized the words, because it's pleasing to the Lord, with sincerity of heart, worshiping the Lord. And we got this picture that the motivation for everything we do for our hard work is to glorify and honor God. But if you read that same text, what is the result of our worship and our work for God? When we work with all our heart to worship God, when we put everything we have into our work, what happens? We love each other. You saw it. It said, wives, submit to your husbands. Husbands, love your wives. In that relationship, who benefits from our love from God? Each other. 
Children, obey your parents. How many of you would say, I would love it if my children would obey me? If we'll work with all our heart for God, our parents, our kids, our husbands, our wives, our bosses, our, our co-workers will be the ones that will benefit from this. I think this is awesome. It, it, our work not only worships God, not only adds to the creation that God has made, but our work affects others. Our work affects others. I got a couple quick stories for you. How many of you have been affected by somebody's work, like, and you remember it and you'll never forget somebody's work that affected you? When we moved to South Carolina, this was, um, man, that was 15 years ago now. We moved to South Carolina. We were young. We were just married, and, and, and you guys know I love McDonald's. I love to eat at McDonald's. Um, I'm not necessarily proud of that, but I do love McDonald's. And we went to a McDonald's in South Carolina right next to where we lived, and, um, and we were going through the drive-thru, and we got up to the drive-thru window, and the lady just started yelling at me. Okay, I ordered a large Coke because McDonald's Coke is the best. And so I ordered a large Coke, and I pulled up to the window, and this lady just starts yelling at me. How do you order 30 cheeseburgers? You can't order 30 cheeseburgers. That's not right. You can't do that. And I mean, she's just like tearing me apart. And I'm sitting there like, what's happening here? And I said, I, I just ordered a Coke, ma'am. And she's still yelling at me and she's upset. And I was like, I, I just ordered a Coke. That's all I ordered. I'm sorry. I don't know who you, you got me wrong here. I will never forget. I will never forget the way that I was treated by that lady. I'll never forget the way that her attitude changed me. And I'll be honest with you, I still love McDonald's. I still go there quite a bit. That McDonald's, I tried to steer clear of. It has an effect on you. You've probably been affected by somebody in that way. Now let me tell you another story. This week, um, Megan was with the kids. I was at work and Megan was with the kids and so they went to Wendy's and I'm not trying to push you guys towards Wendy's and not McDonald's, that's not what this is about. But Megan took the kids to Wendy's and she got there and she ordered food and she reached in her purse to grab her wallet and realized that she didn't have her wallet. And so she started to panic and she thought, where is my card? How am I gonna pay for this food? Our kids spend a lot of money on food. I mean, we got four boys. It's expensive. And she, she's just ordered all this food, and, and she's got the kids there for lunch. And our kids, when they're hungry, are, are animals. And so, so, like, she's panicking. Like, I need to find this card. And the lady comes over to her, the manager, and says, listen, it's on me today. I'll take care of it. And my wife, as my wife almost always does, regardless of what's happening, started crying. And she'll never forget that moment where she was panicking and she, she was stuck. And somebody's work, somebody's attitude, somebody's care changed her day. Our work affects others, doesn't it? That you've been affected by, by people's work, by the way they do their work. You've had people work probably on your house or on something you own and, and they haven't worked very hard and they've done a poor job and, and you've gotten stuck and it's maybe cost you money and time and whatever else. And you've probably had somebody that just went overboard and did everything they could and just made an impact on you because of the way they work. Our work affects others. 
What we see here in Colossians 3 is consistent with what we see across the Bible, and that's this, that when we worship God, when we work for God, when we give all of our hearts to God, it results in loving and serving others. Every time, if we worship God with all of our hearts, it results in us loving and serving others. Think about the greatest commandment, love Lord your God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. Loving God will always lead us to loving others. We cannot separate working for God with loving and serving those around us. So I just want to draw our attention to the board again. And I want you to think about your job and your work, and I want you to think about the kids that were up here and and what they're going to be and what they're going to do. And I want you to understand that if you will worship God with your work, you will affect others. My prayer is that you will affect others for good, not yell at them over cheeseburgers, but be a redeeming force in their life. Your work affects others. Anytime you work for God or you worship God, it's going to turn into encouraging, loving, and serving others. If you're raising kids, guess what? Your relationship with God, your, your heart being sold out to God will result in your kids benefiting and growing. If you work with people every day, the people that you work with, the people that you work for, the people that, that you're doing work for will benefit from your love for God. Your boss will benefit from your love for God. Your work affects others. This concept is spelled out even better in 1 John chapter 4, and so we're going to read that together now. It says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Listen to this. I I like the way it says this. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not Know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. And so this is talking about love, but this has to do with our work, this has to do with our families, this has to do with everything. If we know God, we will be a people of love. We will be a people of encouragement. We will be a people that serve others. This is consistent throughout Scripture. Loving God leads to loving and serving others. Verse 7 and 8 is pretty clear. It says, if we do not love others or work for others, then we do not know God. If we, if we love others, we know God. If we don't love others, we don't know God. Do you, do you get what that's saying? You can't possibly know the love that God has for you and the redemption that God offers you and the grace that God gives you. You can't possibly know the depth of God's love and then not turn around and pour yourself out in your love for others. If you know God, you will love 
others. You will be a person of love. Our ability to work and serve others comes from an intimacy and a knowledge of God. The more you know God, the more you love God, the more you're going to be a great worker and friend and, and giver to others. Because knowing God translates, and loving God translates to loving others. So if you want to be a better father, mother, son, daughter, sibling, friend, employee, boss, the best way you can do that is to know God, to have an intimate relationship with Jesus, that you know who Jesus is and what Jesus is all about, and then that will pour out of you to others. Verse 10 says, this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as atoning sacrifice for our sins. Here's the thing, because of God's love for us, we, are, we have everything we need. You don't have to worry about achieving the highest level because you are okay. God has, has sent his son to make things right. We talked about the paradise in week one and we talked about how paradise was broken and how we live in an imperfect world and we feel like we've got to work and we've got to take care of ourselves. In Christ, we have everything we could ever need. And what's awesome about that is that frees you to go to work tomorrow and not worry about working for your salvation or working to be loved. You're already loved. Now you can go to work and you can just love others. If we know God's love, we'll love others. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and he sent his son so that we could have life as an atoning sacrifice. True love is undeserved. None of us deserve the love that Jesus gave to us. None of us deserved God's love. We have all failed. We have all missed it. We've all messed up. Probably, most of us have probably messed up in the last few days or week. We don't deserve God's love, but true love is undeserved and God gives it freely. And true love is redeeming love. If you really love somebody else, you will want to bring redemption. You will want to encourage. You will want to lift them up. And so we were loved by God with a true love that we didn't deserve that's redeeming. And now, because we were loved by God, we love others. We pour ourselves out for others. That means your boss may not deserve your hardest work. That means the people that you do work for may not treat you right and they might not deserve your best work. That means there may be days that you're tired. That means there, there, there's all of these excuses for why we could not work hard and do our best. But God's love was given to us when we didn't deserve it. And we should work as if working for the Lord with all of our heart. Verse 11 says, Since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Our motivation for love is the love that we've received. And then verse 12 says this, and I love this picture, but if we love one another, let me go back and read before that. It says, No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. So we have this picture of paradise where God created man and woman and he put them there and he said work and everything was beautiful and good and right. And then because of man's selfishness, things got messed up. 
And people became selfish. And you and I were born, as we talked about, you and I were born with a tendency to be selfish, to work for ourselves, to take care of ourselves, not others. But if God lives in us, if we know God, if we're connected to God, then we will love and lift each other up. And it says that nobody's seen God. The people outside this church haven't seen God. None of us have seen God. But if we love each other, if we love each other, if we work for each other, if we pour ourselves out to redeem each other, people will see God in us. It says God's love will be made complete in us. And we can see paradise again. So our work affects others. Our work affects others. You, you can ruin somebody's day with your work or you can make somebody's day. But here's the thing. Our work doesn't just affect each other's days, our work can have a spiritual effect on others. If we will work with all our heart as if working for the Lord, if we will worship God, if we'll give everything we have, if we'll work hard, if we'll treat others right, if we'll respect others, if we'll go the extra mile, if we'll do our best, guess what people are going to see? God. What an awesome opportunity you have. Not just to go and and, and serve in a specific job and help people with food or help people with building or help animals or whatever it is, you have an opportunity to show people God, to be God's love made complete. And if you'll work for God with all your heart, people will see God. God sent his son in the plan was to redeem us. And then Jesus' plan was what? It wasn't to just snap his fingers and make everything right. It was to redeem us, to love us, to pour himself out for us so that then we would pour ourselves out and love and redeem others. And so we are a part of God's plan to bring us back to the paradise that was created to be in the first place. When you go to work, today, tomorrow, whenever, you have an opportunity to be a part of God's work in redeeming everything back to what it was created to be. How do we do that? We know Jesus, and we live like Jesus. In the book, Your Work Matters to God, Sherman and Hendricks, I don't even know who they are, but in their book, Your Work Matters to God, it says this, and I love this. The key to bringing the culture and the church back together to renewing the workplace or re and reforming the church may well be a movement of people who are known for their hard work, for their excellence and their effort, for their honesty and unswerving integrity, for their concern for the rights and welfare of people, for the quality of the goods and services produced, for the leadership among co-workers, in short, for their Christ-likeness on and off the job. What could an army of such workers accomplish? I want to ask you that question today. What could an army like that accomplish? What if all four to five hundred of us that are in here, what if every single one of us was that to the world around us? What if people saw God in our work, in the way we treat each other? What could that accomplish? Can I make a really important observation this morning? You are the best chance that some people will have of seeing Jesus. You are the best chance 
that some people will have of seeing Jesus. Because in culture today, people aren't just walking into churches just because they want to. You are the best chance that some people will have of seeing Jesus, of seeing God's love. And so when you work, when you serve, when you love each other, you are showing God to each other. What we do here is great. I love worship. This is important. God is redeeming us. God is working. But God needs us to be an army that goes out all around the city, all around our area. You see these cards in these different workplaces. God needs us to go out and to show God's love to others, to show the world who God is and what God is all about. And so that starts with knowing Jesus and being transformed by Jesus. And so we're going to end the service today by experiencing Jesus. If if knowing Jesus, if knowing God's love is the key to passing love to others, to being the best workers we can, then the best thing we can do this morning is to experience Jesus. And so we're going to take communion together today. I'm going to have the band come. But in, in John chapter 13, we see this story as Jesus is gathering with his disciples He takes a towel, and he walks around, and he takes a a bucket of water, and he walks around, and he washes the feet of his disciples. Now, some of you would say, you know, my job isn't important, or some of you would say, my job, my boss doesn't deserve my best work, or, or, you know, those people don't deserve my best work. Jesus, the king of everything, The last time he meets with his disciples, before he goes to the cross, what does he do? He serves them. He washes their feet. Man, you want to talk about a tough job. Jesus had a tough job. But Jesus says, I'm going to pour myself out. I'm going to serve you. He didn't have to do it, but he did it because he loves his father and because his his father's love is being poured out through him. And so in verse 14 and 15, it says, Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash one another's feet. We are called to serve, to love, to work like Jesus did. And so we're going to take communion together today. And, and we do this often. And when we take communion, um, the ushers are going to come. Come on up, ushers. And they're going to pass out the elements to you. And, and I want you to think as you receive these elements and as we're singing um, today, I, I want you to think, what, what was Jesus doing here? What, what does this mean that, that Jesus washed his disciples' feet? What does it mean when we take the body and, and the bread and the juice, the body and the blood of our Lord and Savior? What is that saying about who Jesus is? What can I learn from Jesus today? So as you get those elements, I want you to think about who Jesus is and how that should transform you and your work.